Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I'm so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm having another amazing conversation with my divinely gorgeous friend and colleague, Danny Willow. Danny, thanks so much for coming back and talking and having these amazing conversations with us. Thank you, Joss. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back 2024. And yeah, we're going to be having some always beautiful, but even more beautiful conversations this year together. Yeah, we've got some really nice plans. So that's great. And today's episode, as you can see from the title, is called Healing for Ourselves. Actually, we haven't totally decided that that's what we're going to call it. So it might be called something else. But what we're going to be talking about today is all about how to take care of ourselves, to support ourselves, to be willing to do some of the work that we are often called to do when we are trying to offer aware parenting to our children. And it's interesting because we have just come out of basically an hour. It was supposed to be like a five minute catch up and it ended up being like this hours conversation together because we haven't actually caught up like this for a long time where we offered each other lots of listening and support. There was tears, there was laughter, there was lots of sharing, there was lots of compassion and empathy, and it was absolutely gorgeous. I feel like a new woman now. Um, so we thought it was a really good time to to lean into this and to encourage listeners as well to be leaning into how you might be able to bring more support so that you are more able to go in and to go to the places and to do the work that this parenting journey invites us on time and time again. Mm, Yeah, it was so beautiful for us to sit together and reconnect after a period of time. And I I know we've spoken about this. I was saying to you, I think we've had like three, three other podcasts where we've spoken about this in different ways, but I really get a sense, um, you know, from our community and from what's going on in our own personal lives to what's going on sort of on a world level, there's lots and lots of big stuff happening. And now really is the time for us to begin working on ourselves and doing that beautiful inner journey so that we can, you know, show up to actually practice these amazing principles of aware parenting with our children and how if we don't and are not able to do that or not willing to do that, then things don't really shift and it is in actually doing these things that we're going to speak about today that we can start to see just beautiful, gentle changes made, which I know, you know, you're noticing with some of your clients and some of the mums that you work with. So I just, yeah, I'm really passionate about this because I think it's really, it can be really challenging to when we just want an answer, when we just want things to shift and we want to know what we can do for our children, but really nothing shifts if we don't actually move things for ourselves first. Yeah, I love how you say that. And I love how you always talk about it being this parallel journey because, yeah, that's exactly how it is, isn't it? It's ongoing invitations all the time in things that come up in life and things that come up in relation to our children. This, it's almost like, life is inviting us to sit for a moment in the pain that's there and to just trust that 
we all have these innate healing mechanisms that we can all lean into. And we're going to be invited to do that time and time again. And the more that we slowly resource ourselves to be able to do that and find places where we we are receiving the support we need to, to feel safe enough to do that, the better things are going to be for us and for our children too. And of course, this is really hard to do this stuff because we weren't responded to in this way as children. And when we had feelings to share, we were either ignored or punished or invalidated or distracted or, you know, all kinds of different responses. But I don't imagine there are many people listening to this podcast who as children got to show up however they were feeling and to behave however they were needing to behave in that moment and to be met with love, with boundaries, of course, but with love, with compassion, with yes, of course you feel like that. I'm here. I'm listening. Tell me more. And so we learn as very young children that it wasn't safe to express feelings and we had to shut things down and hold that inside. And so even though we're getting these invitations through our children and through the circumstances of life to to move in and to actually sit into that a bit now, it often feels incredibly scary to do that because it always was scary to do that. Mm. I, uh, I think you're so right. And, you know, last night in our community, we were sharing how at the beginning of our journey of of having this, doing this inner work, we really needed so much listening, like, you know, and we still do need listening, but particularly in the beginning when we're, we're not quite aware. I think a lot of people who come to aware parenting, you know, may have been a little bit conscious previously. Often people tell me they've like been on yoga retreats and they do meditation or they might do some form of dance. They've always been a bit spiritual, but yet having children has like burst something open for them that they just didn't even weren't you know had no awareness that it was really deeply there and so I think you know what what we need to do in the beginning is really sit with curiosity of what's actually happening for me and find a safe place to begin sharing some of that and some of that can be you know with a partner a loving partner it can be with a listening partner or empathy buddy you know there's a, a Facebook group set up specifically to do that um, it can be with an instructor, it can be a, a, in a women's or a mother's circle, it can be with a close friend. Really, we need to be able to identify what safety looks like. And even that, you know, because of the painful experiences we've had as children can be really tricky, like to know what safety feels like in order to access the vulnerability that's sitting there that needs to be expressed. I mean, it can be so hard just to go, but yeah, what does safety feel like? But that for me is always a beautiful starting place to some of the things that you were just speaking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that for me, I couldn't actually be in that discomfort of painful feelings. I could not be allowing what was there to actually surface unless I had somebody there holding my hand and being with me. I couldn't do it by myself. It just, I felt like I was going to drown in it and it was just going to be completely, I felt really flooded by big feelings all the time. And it pushed me right back into that same sign of flight fight. I was either in dissociation or I was in fight flight. I couldn't just be in this kind of balanced, connected, safe middle ground. And so 
I just avoided the fight flight swing by staying in dissociation all the time. And as soon as I had any feelings, I would just be busy. I would keep myself busy. I would suppress them. I would do all my control patterns. And it wasn't really until I got you know, support through from Marion in sessions with Marion that I really started to feel that it was safe to go into that and that I could be held in that, that it was normal and and totally valid for me to have big feelings about whatever I was having big feelings about, and that I could start to then learn how slowly receiving it from her, I could then start to slowly learn to offer that to myself. And it, it's certainly... I remember having lots of things come up with my children and I was like, oh, I really need to reach out to my listening partner and reaching out to my listening partner with that. And that was beautiful. And in the last few years, there are definitely times when things come up and I think, oh, I really want to share that with my listening partner, or I really want to send a voice message to you or to, to Marion or whatever. But now I'm like, I can actually be with that. I can actually go, okay, yeah, there's some big feelings there. I can actually sit in that and know that I'm not going to drown. But that is a that's been a long process to to get there and i've definitely needed lots and lots and lots of listening externally to be able to allow the feelings that are there to to flow and to to be healing for myself so i really honor what you're sharing here and i love your acknowledgement of just knowing that it was just all encompassing and overwhelming because i think so many mothers feel that when they come to practicing this way of showing up for their children and you know what what I I really get a sense of that cycle that you were sharing which is you know we we want to to do all these things we want to show up we want to listen we want to play we want to hold space and yet things come up for us like we get activated or younger parts of us show up and then we we go through that spiral which is often we 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 act in ways that are really unenjoyable with our children. We might shout or get really angry or be really physical um, or we, you know, do the opposite, which you shared, which is disassociate and just go into our control patterns of keeping really busy so that we don't have to feel anything. And then often what happens is we go into that shame of being like, oh, I'm really not good, being a good enough aware parent. I'm not showing up for them. I'm, I'm so bad. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not showing up in the way I want to and we shame and guilt ourselves and and then we sort of coerce ourselves to come back and, you know, maybe sh try and show up with our children in a different way again, but it's not really coming from an embodied space because we haven't actually felt any of our stuff that we need to feel with. And we kind of go through that cycle over and over and over. And I feel that so viscerally in my body because that's exactly what I was doing. I was going through these cycles and I wasn't, I didn't know why. And I remember following um, respectful parenting which is very much about all the things we do with our children but nothing to do with what was happening for us and that's what was really core to me about aware parenting was actually what's really happening for us and what I really loved in what you shared was finding that having that awareness of sitting in space with Marion to be able to create that emotional safety and going oh this is what it actually feels like sitting in space with someone else and having those really deeply healing releases and actually feeling grounded um, to be able to come out and then offer more space to your children. So that's part of that building capacity that we always talk about. Where can we find space to 
feel the safety to release part of what's going on for us emotionally to then, you know, come back and offer those spaces to our children. And the other things I really loved were, you know, I think that when someone sees us in those feelings, we get validation for what we're feeling, which helps us to feel seen and heard. And we also receive permission. And I think that's really, really important, like the permission to actually feel what's happening. Because so often in society, we've got these messages of like, you you know, you're too much or you're too big or you're not allowed to cry or, you know, we've, we've got these internally, they're like embedded in us. And so when we first start to access this, you know, we first find this safety and we allow ourselves to go there and someone doesn't say to you, stop crying or that's enough or, but rather invites that in and actually validates what you're feeling and sees you in that and then actually gives you the permission to keep going if you need to. There's something so transformative about that, that you just want it again and again and again. And then what I really loved after that was you then over time, and you know, this is over a long period of time. It wasn't like after one session. And this is why we always say that we need so much listening. We're not over-exaggerating. It's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of listening is because we start to actually embody the words of someone else and we actually start to create this own internal dialogue for ourselves. where what we and I remember doing this with my listening partners in the beginning like exactly the same as what you shared I'd voice note every little thing that was happening you know and I was always writing notes I would have a little notebook there and I would write notes and and I was like constantly like okay you know and taking notes down and then I'd voice note them and say this happened and this happened and I'm enraged about this and I couldn't listen here and and they would offer me that compassion and then over time I could actually almost start to hear what I needed to say in you know what I needed them to say in those moments and then I could really hold that for myself and I was needing to voice note less and less and less it doesn't mean that I don't need it at all now that's not very untrue there's still time where we need lots of listening but you know in the beginning this is a beautiful way to really start doing this inner work and actually exploring what it looks like Mm, yeah I love that I loved all of that I really loved how you brought up the piece around you know, what we're telling ourselves and the guilting and the shaming and the judging and the comparing that we might be tending to go into. And I think that's such a common story for so many of us, particularly women. This is often part of our our story as a result of being raised to be good girls and people pleasing and, and, you know, not being good enough unless we are perfect or whatever. So I really love that you brought that up. And I I really want to honor Marion in all of this, actually, but particularly in this part around changing that internal dialogue and starting to shift that and to be bringing more compassion and acceptance towards ourselves and and that's part of this process a lot of this is is that and i see that with clients all the time and i'm sure you do as well danny where they really have lots lots of times they're telling themselves really really painful things about what they've done or who they are or how what kind of parent they are and that is that was my internal dialogue too i was so incredibly harsh and and judgmental of myself and slowly learning through receiving unconditional acceptance externally i was start to i was able to start initially just to bring some awareness to when i was going into that harshness and hating on myself And then through the awareness comes the ability to say, actually, I get to choose how I speak to myself and I'm not going to speak to myself like that anymore. You know, I'm going to bring in some compassion instead. 
And so, you know, that is a beautiful process that you get through speaking your truth, whatever it might be, or your story, and having that met with unconditional acceptance and love and compassion. And then you're slowly able to start to do that for yourself. And the other thing that I love that you said is around when we can slowly start to become aware of when our younger parts have been touched and things are going on in the present in relation to our children or in relation to something else, which are really reminding ourselves of when we were young. And it's this, you get this actual sensation in your body that, I mean, for me, it's usually around being in danger somehow, because I was often, I often felt like I was in danger as a child. So when my younger parts are touched, I notice now that I've got this like real, like burning in my stomach and I've got this tightness in my throat and my chest. And it's this real physiological thing that I'm I'm going into by being re-triggered and those younger parts of me. And so understanding that really getting that information piece about that and then being able to take that somewhere where somebody, in my case, Marion, was able to say, you know, let me know that that's what was going on and to love on and to give reparative experiences to that five-year-old means that now when things happen and I get that same physiological sensation in my body, I'm able to say to myself and, and to really reassure myself and hold myself, first of all, with like real compassion for the the ways that that five-year-old had that experience and how difficult and, and unpleasant that was. And to then also remind my now self that it's I'm not five anymore. This is not me aged five alone and abandoned and feeling unsafe in feelings. I'm, I'm 53 now and I've got a support network around me and I get to choose. And so, you know, that really has, has been a powerful and transformative thing. And the last thing that I really loved about what you were saying is about the power of validation, the power of receiving from somebody else, absolute validation and permission for however you're feeling. And I've, I mean, I've lost count of the number of times in sessions where clients say things like, I don't know why I'm making such a big deal of it. Or I shouldn't, so and so, you know, my sister doesn't feel like that. Why is it such a big, you know, or something like that. And of course, that's how we respond. If we didn't receive validation of our feelings as children, we tend to go into this automatic invalidation of feelings. And yet when somebody says to you, I care about how you feel, whatever you feel is totally valid. I'm here with absolute acceptance of whatever you want to share and is going to say, yes, of course you feel like that. No wonder this is difficult for you. And you suddenly go, oh, well, actually, yeah, that was really hard, actually. It's justified for me to have big feelings about it. And that is really powerfully transformative too. Oh, I love the way that you spoke to that, all of that. I think it really encompasses that beautiful journey of having the awareness of what's happening for you going into that internal dialogue and then, you know, coming out with the compassion. And I think that's what we're really always trying to strive for. And we're not always going to get that sequence right. But I really, really loved that you, you know, talked about that journey and how to, how to do that and how to be there. And something I always love to say to myself when I sit in that internal dialogue is, would you say this to a friend? Would you say this to your own child? Like what what message would you say to someone else when we're experiencing something so if we've just shouted at our child and we're feeling you know shame around that what would you say to 
someone who you deeply love, if they told you that they just shouted to their child, that can be a really beautiful place to start. If we don't have a listening partner or we don't have, you know, we're not having sessions with someone, that can be a beautiful place to just kind of go, okay, how could I, what could compassion look like here? Because we're so starved of compassion from our childhood, it can be tricky to to learn this language. And I really love that you brought in Marion as well because Marion was also you know, I did a lot of sessions with Lael and she was the one who really validated me and gave me permission to feel and that really, you know, supported me to have those really big releases and I sat on her couch for months and months feeling. But Marion's work really started to give me a deeper understanding of how to work with this internal dialogue. Particularly I did some of her courses like Transformation Through Mothering and Love Being a Mother you know, because I just wanted to love myself and I wanted to love being a mother. Like I wanted to enjoy that. And so I think that really her work is so instrumental in 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 so much of who I am now. And another part that I think really supported me was nonviolent communication. I remember there was a time where there's this like training where Marshall goes through specific topics for people who want to train as you know, MVC um, instructors or, you know, whatever they're called. And, I mean, I at one point I did want to, but I just remember sitting with my notebook and listening to it and like being like, wow, this is this is so deeply connected to aware parenting, like being able to actually identify what I'm feeling and the language of feelings because we're quite um, – you know, where we don't have the language. We often say we're feeling sad or we're feeling happy, like that's our general, but there's so much that sits underneath that. And so that really opened me up into the language and then, of course, identifying what what needs I had. And up until that point, you know, I hadn't really been able to do that. And I think that was another really beautiful tool that supported me, you know, to to really go, what do I need to hear in this moment? Like when I'm really activated, what would I really love to hear? And in those early days, it was like, what do I need Lael? What would Lael say in this moment to me if I brought it to her? Or, you know, if it was my listening partner, you know, what would they be saying to me right now? And if I couldn't think about that or receive that, then yeah, I would go and I would send a voice note or I'd book in a session because I know that there was a bigger a bigger piece there that needed me to actually sit with that and deepen that understanding a bit more. But I think it is about, as you said, just having the awareness to, uh, of what is really happening for us. And I really loved what you said around just finding unconditional love and acceptance. And, you know, because we live in such a conditional, a conditional society, you know, that's like, you need to be this way in order for me to love you and be with you. You know, if we're going to offer this to our kids, of course we need to offer it to ourselves first. So I think that's a really important piece is like where can we find a place of unconditional love and acceptance? And it's often not with our partners. I just want to say that here because often when we're starting all this all this work, they're often... Um, and we've done a whole thing, a whole episode podcast on partners. So I really highly going to recommend listening to that if that's where you're at. But we really need someone who is a little bit further along in the journey from us, who really deeply understands the we're parenting, who understands why we're trying to do what we're doing. And often our partners, you know, they, they're at work or they're not, you know, 100% on board or they've got their own stuff going on. And we really need a place where they're not going to fix or change you. They're not going to give you solutions. They're not going to say, well, you should just do this, you know. We just need someone to see us in the experience that we're having. 
Mm. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I think that's really, really helpful for people. And I love that you brought in some questions there because I think, you know, that can be a really powerful place to start for people as well, to start asking themselves things when they're when they're having big feelings. And yeah, you know, some of the other questions I'd I'd add to that is when you are going into speaking harshly about yourself, for example, just to ask yourself, you know, whose voice is this? Is this my voice? Or is this an external voice that I have been, you know, that I've met so many times in my life that I then internalized it? And, and you know, that awareness can be really powerful because then, again, that gives us permission to choose, to choose some a voice that is is more aligned. And, you know, that is a gradual process, but that can be a really helpful place to start with that awareness to be like, actually, this is my dad's. This is my dad's voice. This is not mine. Um, and certainly not how I speak to my children. So my voice is compassion and kindness. That's what I offer my children all the time. So bringing that voice to ourselves is really lovely. I love the one that you were saying about, you know, what would Lael say now? Or, you know, what would compassion sound like right now? What might I say to myself that would be really, really compassionate? What might I say to my friend if this was her? And I loved when I did a Marion's Inner Loving Presence process course, which I would really highly recommend for everybody as well. It's a really beautiful way of learning some of these these beautiful, compassionate phrases that we might be able to offer ourselves. I love also the question about when we've got big feelings, you know, what what are these feelings here to tell me? Um, what's here? What's the story underneath here? And what is there for me to to learn from this? And, you know, when we've got younger parts coming up, just asking ourselves, you know, if we're having big reactions to something, asking ourselves, you know, how how old do we feel right now? You know, what what was that younger person going through? What were they experiencing? What did they need to happen differently? What what might it have been? What did they need to say? What did they need to hear? That kind of thing. And I love the work of Robin Grill's inner child journeys process. I found that really, really helpful as well. And then I liked what you were bringing in too about the meeting needs thing and the NVC, because I think that is also a really beautiful way of acknowledging ourselves and resourcing ourselves and uh, allowing ourselves to to have needs and to be worthy of of being supported in that way. And another question I think that's really nice is for people to ask themselves is what is stopping me from getting the support that I need right now? And often the initial thing that we would go into with that might be, you know, I can't afford it. And that may well be the case that you might be struggling, but it doesn't necessarily have to cost money. Or it could be that, you know, you it's something that you do actually really want to prioritize. So you're going to, you're going to find a way to make it happen. That might be like joining a circle rather than having sessions, or it might be reaching out to an aware parenting instructor and explaining your situation. And I mean, I offer payment plans. I know you do too, and, and discounts for people sometimes. So, you know, that could be there. Maybe you're telling yourself that you don't have time to be doing this kind of work and you're too busy and I would invite you to lean into that and to to see maybe what's underneath that. Or maybe you just feel like you're too much. You know, often we were made to feel as children like we were too much. Uh, maybe we you know, feel like it's very indulgent of us. I remember that was a word I used to use about myself a lot. Oh, it's so indulgent to be going to get to be getting so much support. You know, so again, then it who then that would be an invitation to say, well, whose voice is that? Do you really think it's indulgent or is that something? So, you know, the these can be really helpful things to lean into because usually when we actually 
resource ourselves and allow ourselves to get support, whether that's from a listening partner or whether that's, like you say, from a friend or whether that's in sessions or in a circle or whatever it looks like, that is the the first step towards being able to do that. And then life changes. It just feels so, so much better and so empowering to be doing this work and to be receiving this support. I love what you're speaking to so much here. And the first thing that popped up as you were sort of, you know, listing off all these things that we can tell ourselves um, about why we're not receiving, why we can't receive support is like the question, what are we making it mean? Like, what are we telling ourselves about that situation? I think that's something that we have to question quite regularly. That Mm -hmm. can be in relation to our children if they're behaving a particular way. It can be, you know, about the plants in the house. Why are they growing and or why are they not growing, you know, and getting frustrated about that? Like, what are we telling ourselves and making things mean? And then start to look at beautifully, like you said, whose voice is it? why is it showing up where what what's stopping me what's truly stopping me and I've had lots of examples of that you know even pop up just recently I've been working with this idea of you know one of the things my limiting beliefs that I have was I'm not really good at cooking and I don't enjoy it and you know lots of things like that and so I've gently been working with that part of myself and doing lots and lots of listening and um, anyway, I recently have really started had really started enjoying to like, you know, cooking very things that I've chosen to cook and um, finding a sense of ease in it, not stress and overwhelm. But it was interesting because Clint sort of suggested, Clint, my partner, sort of suggested that I he said, "Why don't you cook this?" And straight away, it was I heard it as you should do this and. It, my whole nervous system went, we're not going to be told what to do and it's not my choice. <laughs> and I went, I no, and I kind of, I don't have time to do that and that's going to be too many ingredients and it's blah, blah, like just listed off all these reasons. And then I kind of walked away and I sort of shared this, you know, um, with my listening partner and she said, I wonder if it's because I said I don't think, you know, he's made it before and I'm not going to be able to do it as good as him and he's a really good cook, as you know. So, you know, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to cook anything he's cooked. But anyway, so I walked away with all these feelings about it and I was sharing it with her and she said, well, what if it's less about any of that because what I'm actually hearing is that you just don't want to be told what to do and I'm like yes like that was the (laughs) validation in that I'm like that's exactly what it is because if he brought it to me like you know oh I saw this recipe and I wonder how you'd feel you know would you be willing to cook something like this it's got to do with the language but you know I in that moment need to you know work with that idea of he's not really actually telling me what to do that's a younger part being activated And actually, he's just making a suggestion. And as soon as I can, you know, gently say that to myself, it's so much easier to be compassionate in that moment and go, oh, no, he's not, you know, tend to my nervous system, take a deep breath, hand on heart. Like he's actually not saying you have to cook this cake right now. He's just making a suggestion, but it's the language that he's using. And so I found, you know, that really interesting that we, well, what am I telling myself about that? Like, what am I making that mean? What am I thinking that he's actually saying? And once we, you know, had a conversation about it, of course, it's not the thing that I think that I'm, you know, saying to myself. There's a younger part there that doesn't like to be told what to do because of multiple incidences of, of, you know, over my childhood where there were lots of me being told what to do. And so I think, you know, that's a real really important piece to sort of start acknowledging as well and that's why I think NBC and Marion's work is so important because it is a lot about language Um, and the other part I you know wanted to speak to is that we really have to sit with this idea that healing and the healing journey and finding support looks and feels very differently 
to everyone. And I think that to start with, you know, we start on this beautiful journey and I think we do need to tell our story because we often haven't told it and no one's really had the space to really share what's happening for them. But afterwards, then we can go on this beautiful toolkit. And I know you and I, you know, we, we go into all sorts of things that we, we probably won't talk about here tonight, today, but, you know, you might go into some somatic therapy, you might do dance, you might do yoga, you might... Um, you know, watch funny movies to increase laughter so that you can release in that way. You can do listening time or, you know, have, you know, this listening partnership or the empathy. Like, you know, you might do voice noting. There's so many modalities out there. But I think as Aletha always speaks about in her books, none of that can really replace deeply being heard and having that crying for healing. And I think all of these things are complementary to actually having the crying and releasing and I think that's a really important part and I know she speaks about that very specifically in the healing with your traumatized child but that I think that's really important and what can potentially happen if we don't do the healing and releasing is we just use those other things such as yoga you know we've we've talked about this somewhere else as well but you know we'd move into doing things like yoga or dance or running or things like that to actually suppress and keep busy because I think it's it's part of our part of our still part of our conditioning and part of our culture you know often when people say I don't have time to listen you know I don't have time to do the healing work I really read that is I'm I'm not actually willing to go there yet I want to keep busy because in the busyness I don't have to feel Um, and I think it's really important that if we do want to do the healing work to actually sit with that and acknowledge okay I'm trying to keep busy at the moment what's what's really happening here for me love that Love that so much, Danny. I really, really love that. Yeah. Such a difference, isn't there, between doing things and sort of bypassing the feelings and then doing things that actually really get us into the feelings. And in the end, like you say, and yeah, without any judgment, because this was me too, absolutely for many years, you just have to be willing and able to be in the pain of what's there in order for it to shift. And like, we we see this for our children too. And and often they're avoiding feelings and often they're going into control patterns. And there we are lovingly bringing the balance of attention to support them really into the feelings so that they can move through, release, let go and discharge all of that and then come back into balance. And the same is true of us. And I think this understanding that Aletha brings about the nervous system and about healing the nervous system is so, so helpful for us to understand both in terms of supporting our children, but also in terms of doing our own healing work, because we can really recognize those same things going on in us. And I think, you know, most of us would have even if we've had lots of therapy. And I mean, I had lots of therapy. I had to do lots of counseling as, as part of my training. And I, you know, I did lots of psychology. And then I, you know, when I was first out in Australia, I had counseling too and had lot I had post-traumatic stress counseling and all kinds of things. But here I was as a parent, suddenly finding myself being brought face to face with with all of that stuff. And that's that Scott Noel quote that I quote all the time. Like you're you're face, you know you're face to face with the unfinished business of your childhood when you have a big reaction to your child, basically. And that's where I found myself in spite of all this therapy. So I really love that we can come back to understanding that when we've experienced difficult things, whether that's big trauma or small things in our life as a child, 
if we weren't supported, uh, our, our bodies would have gone into fight flight or into dissociation. And if we weren't supported in that time to use our natural healing mechanisms of crying, shaking, sweating, laughing with loving support, to release that energy and to come back to homeostasis, then that energy, that distress, that stress and wounding is still sitting in our bodies. And then every time we have an experience that in some way reminds us of those initial traumatizing experiences we had, whether that was big trauma or lots of accumulated little trauma, our body gets taken straight back into that. And so it really is this this deep understanding that we come to in aware parenting, that feeling is healing, that you got to feel it to heal it, that crying is healing and all of these, these things. So finding ways to be safe, to connect with those feelings and to be safe, to sit in the often agonizing, like excruciating pain that's there for us. It's not easy it's really not easy at all. But as we slowly find ways to do that, it becomes so much less overwhelming and terrifying because we realize that we do actually come out the other side. We're not going to drown. We will actually just hold on, ride the wave. If somebody's there as like a life jacket with us, and then eventually we will reach the shore. And then the more of that that we do, the more that we see, actually, it's okay. We're going to have another wave at some stage. It's not that we're trying to get rid of the waves. It's that we're learning learning how to ride them and initially with somebody on the board with us and then eventually riding that board by ourselves. Mm, I really, really love that analogy you gave there just about riding the waves and how to yeah, like it's almost like dipping your toe in and then slowly building it up layer upon layer till you're fully immersed in it. And I think, you know, part of that is actually as we receive, so we've received in our lifetime, like if I think about when I came, you know, to aware parenting, there was, you know, 28 to 30 years of like lots of trauma, mini traumas, major traumas, stress, that it all accumulated that I'd never, ever listened to. And so, of course, it's going to take years and for some people it'll move more quickly and for some people it'll move more slowly and just trusting that journey but for that period of time our body has received evidence over and over again of the story that we're being told we're telling ourselves which might be all those things we just beautifully spoke about earlier you know you're too much you know stop you know you're not allowed to cry you've got to stay small I can't get my needs met you know all of those things which you know were true in those moments where we were in a state of hyper arousal and our body couldn't come back into balance in those moments we didn't have a space to do what we are now trying to do with ourselves but I guess the beautiful part about this is as we get to ride this boat with this you know with this other person who gets to sit with us who's you know putting out the life vest or the raft to say actually I can pull you along and be with you in this is that we start to receive body evidence of it actually is safe for us to receive the things that we need to receive and slowly over time we can actually remind our body of that so for example you know when our child might have hit their sibling and that really activated us and we go into a story about you know that time we got hit by our sibling and we got told off because it actually wasn't our fault and we were the older sibling and we should have known better or whatever that looked like and in that moment we get really activated and we take that to someone who can hold that for us and listen to it and love it and be with it and then the next time that happens we can go oh yeah this isn't about me this is about them and actually there is evidence here that 
this is, you know, I am safe and I can tend to that part of myself. And tending to, you know, our nervous systems in those moments are so important. And it's not always doable in the moment if we've got, you know, children hurting each other and we need to step in. But, you know, what what is really important is actually going, well, what what is really tangible that I can do, particularly if we're going to do the listening. So, for example, um, my daughter just came home from bowling and she had a bit of an experience where something happened for her and it was, you know, she felt really powerless and had big feelings. <laughs> she kind of stormed in and I could see straight away on her face she had this really cross face and she, you know, I said, how was bowling? And she went, <clears throat> and then she ran into her room and slammed the door while, you know, that was Marley while Kiki was sort of telling me about what had happened. And in that moment I went, okay, there are feelings here, great. I, I know what I need to do. And I said to Kiki, are you okay if you start watching a movie because I'd actually really like to spend this time with Marley? And she was like, yeah, I'm really happy to do that. And I'm like, great, so set her up. And then I just tended to myself and went, you know, are we really willing to go in and listen? Yes, I really want to be with her in these feelings. I feel a great capacity to do so. There may be times where there isn't and I say, actually, no, I'm not willing to and I might go in and have that conversation with her. But in this moment I felt very willing and I went up there, knocked on the door and opened up the door and she wasn't in her room. She was hiding in the cupboard and we had this beautiful sort of exchange in the cupboard and I just came in with loads of connection and gentle stroking of her arm and I started asking her some questions about the day because I, I sort of went into the point of which I know she would be upset but she, I could see she was like, I'm not going to access that just yet. I need connection first so I could step that back and just stayed with her. We're trying to find this balance of attention, this point of, you know, that beautiful point of, connection plus the thing that's really you know sort of quite real for her in the moment and yeah and then through this questioning you know able to get to be there with her and let her have this really beautiful release and sort of sharing with me how it was really unfair and then I said to come over here and she sort of came into my arms and we had this really beautiful healing cuddle and I told her I missed her so much today and that helped her release even more and just reflecting but you know I mean a few years ago, like that was near to impossible for me. <laughs> like I would firstly turn up and go, oh, you know, not this again. Oh, not more feelings. Are they ever going to end? Because there was still so much more listening that I needed for myself. And so I think as I list, had more listening for me and received the evidence that I could shift things, I would come in and that would just create this spaciousness for the girls that they would then come in with their big stuff and they would be able to move things. And so witnessing this side by side, this beautiful journey of the more support we get, the more we feel heard, the more we feel validated, the more permission we have to feel, the easier it is to come back to them and give them the permission, the validation, the unconditional love and acceptance. And really, we cannot do that unless we have it for ourselves. So it all starts with us. And yeah, there was just, you know, one thing I, one last thing I wanted to say, which was, you know, you picked up on something really beautiful, that quote that you were saying, which is, you know, we're always kind of waiting for our children's behavior to change. And that is the, the, I guess, part of aware parenting is like, we've got all these beautiful practices to implement with the children. But the challenge is if we haven't done any of what we're talking about here, you know, and, and you want, you know, you want the answer. You're like, I want them to be more cooperative. I want them to sleep through the night. I want them to eat the food that I put on the table. You know, there's all these wants, 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 wants. But if we're not deeply having those wants in ourselves, you know, of, you know, 
Am I actually doing this from a loving place and a place of real willingness to be with them? So that's a bit of Marion's work. You know, am I actually, what am I telling myself about those children? Like if they're not eating the food, they're ungrateful and they're bratty and what children am I raising and they're not sleeping through the night. Oh, they're never going to sleep on their own. You know, like all of these things that we subtly can start to tell ourselves. I mean, that all impacts the way in which we show up to them. And of course, if we are not, safe within ourselves if we are not doing the work to feel safety in our own bodies we cannot show up into for them in a safe way and when we talk about things like you know allowing them and having these spaces to feel and to heal we have to find the safety so that we can be the safety and I think that's really really important the main key thing I think to actually healing ourselves and then essentially helping our children to heal. Yeah, I really love that. It's so, so, so true. And it's it's actually not possible. It's not possible to do this, to offer this to our children, unless we're also doing some of this stuff for ourselves too. And what that looks like obviously depends on each individual and how much is there for you depends on your story and your childhood and everything. But we can't just come in and force ourselves to aware parent our children and to listen to all the feelings and do all the attachment play and offer all the connection unless we're also supporting ourselves with, with what's, what's going on for us underneath it all and I think it's so true and and the lovely thing of course is also that as we're offering this to our children we can also be imagining our younger parts receiving this too so that in itself can be really therapeutic so if I'm lying with my daughter and she's telling me something that she's really upset about at the moment I can also imagine my 17 year old self who god needed so much support and help and understanding and guidance receiving those words too. And that is really deeply powerful. And I'd love to also just say one more thing about the healing process for me. And one of the things that I found really overwhelming, particularly when I started to learn about younger parts and so on, was this like, I had this moment where I was like, well, what do I, am I actually going to have to go back and remember every single difficult thing that happened to me, much of which I can't remember because I was in dissociation most of the time anyway. So the memories actually never really got created in order to heal. Am I really going to have to do that every single time? And I just really would also love to, yeah, to reassure that that's, that's not what healing is. You know, healing is not getting rid of every unpleasant experience that we ever had. Healing is what happens when we slowly start to bring our awareness and our curiosity to the moments when our unhealed trauma is being touched in the present and offering ourselves compassion and receiving support and just being in that for small periods of time. And slowly those past experiences will intrude less and less on the present. And the pain and agony of being in those moments is also going to be less excruciating and it's going to, it's going to last for less long when we're in it. And and that's what healing is. Healing is not getting rid of everything. Of course, there's always going to be times when we are still going to go into those feelings of pain or thinking that we're unlovable or unworthy or being in shame or just being in, in real discomfort physiologically. Cause we, there is, it's, it's often in our bodies. That's why that somatic work can be so helpful for us, but it's, it's just allowing that to to be there when it's there and slowly it it being less painful and easier to be in. Mm. I really, really love that. And there was a part there that I just really wanted to add around, you know, sometimes when clients come to us or people in the community and they say they can't remember anything about their childhood, you know, it's all just 
they just know that it was okay, you know, or it wasn't pleasant or it wasn't this or they can't name anything that it's actually okay because that, as you said, we don't need to know every single little detail that we can actually just, you know, gently start to find through finding the safety. Little pieces will come. And I really love to think of healing as a spiral. We start at the top. And we might spiral inwards a little bit and go down into something and we might sit there for a bit and then we gently spiral back up towards the top and then we sit out of it for a bit and we might go into using control patterns or whatnot and then we spiral back in again and we might move into the next part. And I really loved what you shared because I think, you know, we all have layers and we have, you know, what we think we might have healed sometimes comes up again and then we go, oh, my God, I can't believe we're back here. And we're, well, why are we thinking, you know, we're back into this particular wound and, oh, that inner part of me has come up again. And so really deeply, you know, tending to that ourselves. And, and that's where that compassion is so important to go, okay, we're back here and it's actually okay and we can lovingly just hold ourselves. And I always like to think of it rather than, oh, why am I back here again? But rather, what is the invitation? What's it inviting me to feel? So I just think there's other ways of looking at healing, other perceptions and perspectives we can use. And as we start to shift our own internal dialogue, it becomes much easier to soften and surrender into those moments than to feel, you know, that restriction and uncomfortableness and the messiness because healing is not beautiful it's not like we sit down turn on a meditation and come out the other side and we're like oh I'm healed it's it's raw it pulls you open it's messy it's vulnerable it's loving even the those parts of you that feel so unlovable um, and parts that we may push right right down into our core that we just know you know we might have said mean things or done terrible things you know as a children or as teenagers or as young adults and then it's like loving those parts of us and having this deep understanding about why they are the way they are and why we did the way we did they did so I just think yeah as I think that's a really important point that healing is it's a journey it's certainly and it's got no destination it's not about some end result where we're healed as such I think at the beginning of my journey I was like oh I'm gonna heal myself and now I'm just gonna you know be on the journey of healing to love myself in whatever capacity I show up as. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. And I really love how aware parenting just normalizes big feelings for everybody in the family all the time. And like you say, it's not that we're going to get to a place where we don't, oh, we don't have any feelings anymore. No, we're done now with feelings. We're all good. Thanks. It's just an ongoing part of life for, for us, for, for our partners, for our children, for our parents, for, for everybody. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's really beautiful. So, Danny, do you want to share any like offerings that you're having at the moment that might be supportive for people around this? Yeah, so I am still doing one-to-one sessions, although I'm starting to get to that place where it's getting a bit full, but there's still a few more spots available for one-to-one. And the way I like to work is in in monthly blocks. I prefer working for long periods of time. So I really enjoy that because I think you can really go into more of that reparative and particularly because safety takes such a long time to build. So I, I really, you know, even if you choose to work with any instructor, I really recommend if you can um, trying to work for longer blocks of time because that's what I'm noticing, particularly with the mums I'm supporting, that the ones that really you know, uh, coming in for those longer blocks, they just, so much is shifting, you know, over that period of time and really getting to know each other and, and deepening into their healing journey. So there's that. 
Um, my mother circle on the surf coast in Torquay is starting on Sunday, the 11th of February. That's a, another just like a termly circle. It's got six circles and some beautiful topics. So you can find out all about that in my bio on Instagram. And then, of course, our amazing monthly circles, they're coming. It's called um, Being Heard and Held or being held and hurt, something like that. Um, we are <laughs> we are launching that hopefully within the next week. We're just getting all the finalised things up um, on my website. So we will share that on social media. Um, that's going to be a monthly offering where there is a self-reflective journal attached to it that you'll need to purchase because we're going to use that to really deepen into a lot of what we've been sharing about today. So really coming up with curiosity and answering the questions and really being being in it and then coming into the circle to share um, with us and in smaller groups as well. So I'm really, really looking forward to that because I think that's a really beautiful offering. And it's, you know, it's always nice if you can't afford working with an instructor that coming to these other little smaller things can be really supportive as well. So yeah, what about you, Joss? What what no, do you think? So amazing, Danny. I really, yeah, love it. And I love our circle. I'm so excited for it too. And we had one before Christmas that was just so incredibly beautiful. So this is going to be every month now. And with this structure of and this the journal, the reflection journal that's going to be part of it as well, that I think is really going to be supportive for people. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm also doing uh, one-to-one sessions and I totally agree with you. Like it just takes time, doesn't it? Like one session is really not enough and I'm finding really beautiful shifts and support and transformations happening for people who are having like lots of ongoing sessions. I do like blocks of sessions. I do do single sessions still, but that's very much focused on the child. I think really rather than if you want to do this kind of work, it takes more time. And if you want to do ongoing mentoring, I offer voice note support as well as the sessions, because I think that's really powerful to have a space where you can just go and share and be heard and be responded to. And I think there's something about the the space, both geographically and time split between when the message is sent and when the message is responded to that really allows a deepening and a, a big shifting there. So I'm really loving that. Yeah, our circle super excited about and I have a couple of courses that are on sale, I think, until uh, by the time this goes out, they won't be on sale anymore. But um, they were on sale. That was my teenagers course and my new course for for partners and, and co-parents for aware parenting. And I'm running my six hour workshop on aware parenting for people who want to learn more about it. That's really like three hours really is about the child and the second three hours is really more about the parent and that is for people who want to learn more about aware parenting or for people who want to become aware parenting instructors because there's more and more people becoming aware of parenting instructors and they part of that training requirement is to attend a six-hour workshop with a with a level two so that is going to be in february i think on saturday the 17th and of Feb, yeah, Saturday the 17th and Saturday the 24th, three hours one day, three hours the next. So I'm really looking forward to that. And there's limited places on that. And I've I've got a wait list of people who want to become aware parenting instructors who are already registered. So I'm super excited about that. So oh, yeah, lots of lovely things. So many amazing things. I love the sound of all of that. Yeah, that's amazing, Just Thank you. So if you could go back to the beginning of this journey, Danny, and be thinking specifically about the healing for yourself. What would you love to say to that person right at the beginning that you think you know now that you you had no idea about then? Hmm. I think I would probably say to her that, like, you are enough just as you are. 
that you can show up just as you are, that you've always been enough and really just unconditionally loving all the parts of me because they were all there for a reason. They were all protecting me. They were all keeping me safe or, you know, hiding me from all the painful things that I experienced. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what I would offer myself if I could go back to her and tell her what would you what would you mm, say to you? I love that. I'm just imagining that younger me 20 years ago at the start of my parenting journey receiving that and just feeling so lovely. I think I would love to say to that younger me, of course you need support. No wonder this feels really painful and hard and and scary and overwhelming and you deserve all the care and love and compassion and holding that you need. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I really, really love that. And even as I'm listening to it, I'm holding my heart and just going, yes, we all need to hear that, don't we, the permission that actually we're worthy of receiving the support because sometimes we do tell ourselves we're not. So I love that so, so much. Mm, So I wonder how everyone's feeling after listening to this. It's a big topic and there's lots of stuff there and it can feel really confronting and scary and overwhelming. And, of course, if you have like very significant trauma from your your story it's likely that you'll need your know, professional support from a psychologist or a psychotherapist or something so if you feel that that is what you need we strongly recommend that you find someone to support you in that preferably someone who's aligned with aware parenting who can support you in in this way that's so so helpful and if there's big feelings coming up for you as you start to dip your toe into some of this we're holding you with real tenderness and we are so both here to support you in any way that we can Mm, that's really beautiful yeah just sending you lots and lots of love as you listen to this episode it's really big yeah so we look forward to talking to you again soon and we send love to you all thank you for joining me on aware parenting stories i hope you enjoyed this episode to find out more please visit my website www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.